What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Nurse Ree, and you're tuning in to Forensic Nurse Files. This is an informative but fun true crime podcast that follows the careers of three forensic nurse examiners. We just want to note that this podcast uses foul language, some sarcasm, and contains descriptions of adult themes and violence that some people may find disturbing. So if you need support, please check the show notes or visit our website. It was just the worst thing, like, it felt like the worst thing in that whole uh, situation. Because I, Brian would ask me to help, and I would come over at, like, 10 a.m., and I would stay until, like, after midnight, and just working my ever-living ass off. He, at some point, gave me a very small brush, and I would have to line the uh, window, like, the, the little holes in the wall that... Uh, that a window was attached to, like the, the corner of it, because he wanted to have one side red and the other one white, and he couldn't stand wobbly lines. So I was I was busy for hours. I was it was horrible. It went on for weeks where where he was preparing that uh one apartment and like packing all of the stuff in the old apartment and mind you it was all his stuff. Wanda didn't have a lot of belongings anymore. Because he would buy so much shit and she would, like, purge a lot of her own stuff to make room for it to, like, feel like she could breathe in that apartment. And um, at some point there was just no stuff to purge anymore. It was all his stuff and she couldn't just throw out some of his unnecessary decorations because he would get pissed at her. We did a lot of unnecessary work just because he was a perfectionist. And... At that point, he was struggling with eating because he thought he was getting overweight or whatever. So at some point he told me he would only eat like 800 calories a day. And I, having some experience with eating disorders myself, I was like, you can do that, but not for not for long. <laughs> and he was very, very dismissive, like, ah, it's fine. I can, it's okay. And he lost a lot of weight and then it stabilized again. I think it was a tool for control for him because that's what eating disorders are a lot of times. And a lot of the move was just not going for like to his taste. And yeah, he would rake in everyone who would help because Wanda was not doing so well at that time, actually. Her mental health started to decline a lot, and she was starting to struggle with, like, serious depression. And I, yeah, I helped a lot of the time. Um, I remember one thing that he basically put me on a ladder and made me climb to the ceiling because he wanted something stuck up there. And I was so dizzy at that point that I almost fell off the ladder, and I was like, no, I, I, I can't do that. Like... I'm falling and he's like no you're doing it now and I was like yeah but can I take a break I'm like tired I'm like 11 hours in and I got like to study tomorrow and that was not really an option a lot of the time he would say stuff like yeah like when you were arriving that was a common tactic not just in a move just in general like oh yeah and you're staying until set set the time and you didn't even say that you we were just like yeah but I, I didn't plan to and he was like yeah but i thought you would and since he already stated that he would like you to stay that long you were like yeah but 
you started to feel guilty and bad for like not doing it so that got very much into like that appeared a lot in that season I'd, I'd say and I met a girl at the move who was actually an old neighbor of them and he raked her in to help and we got close I won't name her as well because I haven't talked to her in a while and I don't know what she's doing how she's doing and we started dating out of that polycule for a while and it all ended with a very unfortunate situation of him inviting her over because he also couldn't leave the fingers of my partners or my friends. I don't think I have a single AFAB friend who was not approached by him. It would go over school friends that I was in sixth grade with and just met like later on that he would basically just approach and try to initiate something with them without even telling me then telling me later on and being like oh but I didn't know you didn't want that and you're like 17 or something at that point it's like yeah but not even like willing or like daring to speak your mind so you just like chew that down and just yeah okay I didn't say it I didn't say it I didn't tell him so he couldn't know, obviously. Like, dude, that's a grown-ass man. Of course he could have known. And so, yeah, he tried to initiate something with her. And it was a pretty coercive situation of, like, him inviting her over and, like, in his mind making up it's a date and not even telling her about it. And, like, they were having dinner and at some point he was using his usual physical therapist road to get her undressed and started touching her inappropriately and she she fled the scene and came to me because I was just a few houses over and I was like oh oh fuck like she was done with the world she was like not crying but like very much muted and like as if she was carrying something very heavy and I didn't know how to handle that because I was so used to it that I sadly invalidated it a little bit and was like trying to make sense of it and I obviously felt like it was wrong and I but I also was like why why did he why would he do that like trying to see his side of things then I had a talk with him and Vanda and they justified the fuck out of it and at some point of like this hour-long conversation I was like yeah she's probably in the wrong and I didn't talk to her anymore about it but she but we did we broke up like a while later I don't even remember why exactly but we broke up I haven't talked to her since and I hope she's fine I heard she was dating someone else and I hope she's okay then the uh, absolutely wonderful 2020 rolled around and I was at their place actually uh, when the news came out that we were going into the first lockdown and I was very confused. I took my university entrance test for medicine a few days prior and I just was like what why how <laughs> as we all were more or less and Susan was visiting at that point and all of the trains and public transport just shut down and wouldn't like transport anyone anymore so she was stuck for like three weeks and we started a pen and paper campaign at that point and again I just always these weird subtext when he was interacting with me because I ended up playing a 16 year old girl my character was a 16 year old girl who then got into a relationship with an NPC that he played who was much older I think 
it just it repeated itself more or less and at some point the scenes he he led the campaign so he was the dm and um susan van and i were players to give a little bit of context to that i uh, kind of skipped over that and he made sure my character was assaulted by people regularly it it was i was forced to play like role play out these scenes basically every session it were always like different scenes but i sometimes recognized some fantasies that he had he would sometimes talk about me about his fantasies to me always like behind closed bedroom doors and kind of after we just finished having sex because he got a little bit talkative after that and the thing was he often had sexual fantasies just weren't very appropriate when you say they're inappropriate do you mean like violently inappropriate or in what context that's a little bit out of chronologic context here that happened a lot earlier but at some point he he used a lot of jokes into entrancing like introducing fantasies he had and one of those was like a joke that he would use he would trace lines on my thighs like very high up and he looked at me and i looked back and he went, you know, if I cut off your legs and arms, I would be able to keep you in a closet. And I looked at him and went, uh, no. <laughs> oh my god. And I, <laughs> it was a little bit out of context because I think we talked about something else before that. And I, that was one of the situations that I realized I was dealing with someone who would do stuff like that if I allowed him because a lot of the other a lot of the other uh, fantasies he had that he used on Susan for example were also introduced like that so I got that that was something he thought about it was probably not something he would have done but he thought about it and another thing he would constantly joke about was like cutting his initials into our skin so almost like branding you guys in a way yeah branding was also something he joked about he didn't want like he never used he never used the tattoo stuff like he never talked about getting a tattoo but it was always somehow like branding or cutting he did it on susan at some point because she agreed to it i think but that's just what he told me and he's a liar and he would sometimes write his initials on me he also always had a very designated spot for that and because i wouldn't let him cut he would write like with pen like a marker he was very upset about not being allowed to to do that i mean it honestly sounds like this is something he might have done before i actually don't want to imagine that i am pretty sure he had done it before and i'm pretty sure he's still doing it lo i know this is probably something you're gonna get to but i'm just like this is like in my mind and i can't not ask but did anyone ever end up reporting him or were the police ever notified about his behaviors i was fucking scared for my life when i left i i didn't report him i also leslie who gets into play later didn't report him and i am pretty sure that the girlfriend that i had that he assaulted thought about it but i'm pretty sure he didn't she she didn't do it she he was in a trial once for 
handling a kid very roughly on his one trainer positions in his sports clubs because uh, he would grab the it was a little boy like by the hood of his jacket and pull him back or something i think he was like in a fight with another kid that was what i was told and he had to pay up like a fine for that because he was in court for it but of what i know that's the only time he was charged for anything <laughs> we were playing a lot of pen and paper and i at some point because it always was this excessive day-long plan because we didn't have anything else to do during the first lockdown we would play for like hours and then like sometimes 12 hour days just like ordering pizza in between and stuff like that and stuff i noticed during that time he had a lot of fun with presenting like unsolvable scenarios in the game to us that would always have like these heavy violent consequences and he also used to make a lot of fun for susan's character being stupid which Su susan wasn't stupid just to preface it susan was a very emotional emotionally intense woman and she had a lot of reason to be he was just making fun of her for it he also sounds really narcissistic, like in a way he constantly is feeling like or portraying that he's better than you guys. Yeah, it was. He was always like making sure we all knew that our place was not like on eye level with him because he sometimes tried to make me look stupid as well. But I didn't, I think I just didn't understand it. <laughs> That's the magic of autism. Sometimes you just don't understand if you're getting bullied. So a lot of the time i think sometimes he tried to or, or his his intention was to and i just it went over my head so it didn't affect me slowly after after shortly after that i started university so i moved away i moved far away it was like an hour and a half with the car so i got an apartment here i did my move moving without their help i was very insistent of not letting them help because i was so in a transactional mentality that i was like if i let them help with my move they will make me help with their move again and i've done that once already already i don't need to do it a second time and they were planning on buying a house so i was like oh god no no don't please don't let him change the floor as well oh so I was just asking my mom and I had a very hard time doing that move because I was not I was not good with my mom but he she, but she she had a lot of friends who helped so that got done and later I got my cat and he has been my companion since then Ryan had a very interesting relation with my cat strangely jealous because my cat is a tomcat and that's obviously male attention that I'm getting he didn't word it like that he worded it like jokes of course but me having my own place now he visited me a few times very rarely i was always at their place and it was getting frisky from his side out um my cat is very attached to the hip like he is he is yelling if i dare to close the door anywhere he is yelling and he would not just let himself be let out of the bedroom so he would sometimes <laughs> Sometimes he would try to sit next to us on the bed <laughs> because it's like, what 
what are the humans doing? I don't understand. <laughs> there was one instance where he grabbed my cat and threw him off the bed. Like, not, not violently, but like, just to get him off because he was, I was on my back and my cat just decided that he wanted to lay on my chest like during the deed so ryan was staring at this cat that was just getting comfortable <laughs> and like no and uh took him and gently luckily made him leave um but a lot of the time he would sit on my bookshelf and just stare at us and i think that made ryan very uncomfortable and yeah i he didn't come over often i think also because of that <laughs> it it was this this cat is a blessing not just in disguise vanda at that point was uh, hospitalized because her mental health just was in shambles and she was gone for like half a year so like it was it was a lot and she would visit like home but not a lot like she wasn't at some point she wasn't allowed to leave the clinic area for a long time or like by a certain radius because there was a high chance of suicide for her so she was under like under very close watch and tried a lot of medication but her body just didn't just didn't want to uh, lower the depression rate and there were a lot of other medical complications so it took a long time and ryan got very lonely during that time and started fucking one of my friends. Yeah, an old friend, more or less, but they didn't have a relationship before. And my friend was over to get their back fixed. <laughs> Again, there is a theme, there is a pattern. And I think it was, like, consensual. And I was, like, they're, like, one of my closest friends in general. So they called me afterwards, and, like, a few days afterwards, and were like, Lo, I'm so sorry. Lo, fuck, I... I I slept with Ryan and I was like like on the train at that point and was like yeah okay how was it <laughs> and I wasn't having an issue with that because well desensitized and just not a very jealous person also I was living like with him <laughs> sleeping with basically anything that was even remotely looking like a woman and still breathing i guess so i was like yeah okay fine i was mad that he didn't tell me that was the thing i was mad about and i was at university during that time and i studied chemistry and biology because i wasn't approved for studying medicine and my my mental health also hit the ground like i was not doing well at the time at all i was not sleeping for days i forgot to eat a lot of the time i was having these labs doing like five or more hours that just took a lot of energy out of me and i at some point i couldn't get myself out of bed i was getting like severely depressed and i was just not not well and i wasn't talking to them about it i was like uh banda has a lot of stuff going on i don't even like i don't need to burden ryan with it as well so i didn't talk about it i had another girlfriend at the time who is still one of my friends she caught a bit of it from it like she moved into my city because she studied at the same university so we were pretty close and she tried to support most of my weight during that time and it wasn't pretty for her or me but she absolutely did her best and I tried and at some point I was just at that point where I couldn't attend university anymore and I yeah the worst time I was like 
three days without sleep. Just like couldn't move, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, couldn't do anything. Was like spiraling a lot, like the usual depression and spirals. And then Ryan's 40th birthday rolled around. And me and my girlfriend were invited, so we were both going. And I was like asked to be earlier than like the rest of the guests to also still help around so i was trying to do just that and the issue was we were like at point i got out of bed that day but i was so spaced out and just not attentive at all so that we sat down on the wrong train because the trains like there was a change in the plan of the trains so i i just didn't catch it and uh, we sat down in the wrong train and were late like by a good hour like still on time for the party but like late and i was stressing the entire time because it hasn't gotten like it has gotten a bit of a habit at that point that i was being late because i was just it took so much effort to get out of bed that i often just couldn't in time and i was also not i didn't know i was depressed at that time i just thought i was a failure and we were late and ryan was pissed he didn't even look at my gift that i gave him he and i was I was stressing the entire train time and was like, oh my god, oh my god, he's he's going to be so mad. And the funny thing is that uh, nothing really happened when he was mad. He, he wasn't violent. He handled you a bit rougher in bed next time. But that's like in my position back then. I was like, yeah, but I did that a thousand times over by now. That's nothing I can't handle. What is one time more? And it's so nothing really extreme happened. He would like get a stern voice or talk like talk a little bit down to you but that's that was really much it but um i was conditioned to be like this perfect idea of a girlfriend a perfect idea of a partner that i was stressing so much about it i it was like you conditioned like a dog it it was like i i felt like a dog at that time i was like oh my god no my he's mad and it felt like this 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 look dogs give you sometimes when they knew that they did something bad and you know they did something bad and they're like making themselves look very small because uh, oh no and that was that feeling but like right like dialed up to the extreme i was so cold even arriving like all of the blood that i had in my hands like once uh, <laughs> just retreated into my body and I was then my feet got cold and like my legs and my arms and everything was cold and I was shaking and sweating and like it was a like a hefty physical reaction and I got there and he was mad and like <sighs> passive aggressive about it so I just um Wanda pulled me uh to the side at some point and was like no did that actually happen that you uh got down on the wrong train or like did you just lie because i know you lie sometimes to get out of trouble and i was like no it it happened and and i was just i was so suicidal during that time my first ever suicide attempt was like three days before that and i was just and my brain looped all over you know if we just did it like three days ago you wouldn't have to deal with this you know you still have that option you can you know you're you're too old anyway you're over 21 <laughs> and like looping all again and again and again and I, I just i felt like like the worst person alive i felt like i had committed some serious crime and like i was 
hating myself at that moment so much that I retreated into one of the rooms they had in, not in use during that time and just sat in the corner and like cried for like half an hour. And my my girlfriend at that point was pretty much helpless. She was a, She's a little bit younger than me. She had no experience with stuff like that at all. She was like, what the fuck is happening? And I just, I, I wouldn't get it under control. It was like the worst, one of the worst spirals I ever had. And at some point he came to me, like with my girlfriend, and started tugging around on me and was like, yeah, uh, like a little bit of a play fight, I think, to uh, attempt to loosen it up. And he was like, yeah, not as mad anymore. And whatever dragged me upstairs and i don't e i don't even remember what happened in the bedroom i do i don't there's like this big gap in memory that is just gone i remember having like bruises on my neck and like being pretty beaten up generally also mentally i walked down the stairs then afterwards and my girlfriend later like months later when i was already not in that situation anymore told me i looked like he had kicked a puppy like really hard and i i felt like it too and it was half of the situations i i could still couldn't tell you what made it so bad that day if it was like a specific thing or if it was just a general feeling of being so low in your mental health that it just felt like the end of the world and he's the only one who is like sticking with me despite being such a terrible person and depression things <laughs> i'd say and later Wanda came over to me and was like hey have you ever thought about like hurting yourself and i was like uh, sometimes and she was like yeah i've okay you know in your city there's like this mental hospital i was there too before like when i was still studying even before i even met ryan so i'm driving up to you tomorrow and we, let's let's check it out so she did i somehow survived that birthday and i met leslie during that time and leslie i met a, f a bit before because ryan introduced her to this whole ideal once again, same procedure. He picked her up somewhere and started dating her. And he called me that one time. It was in summer still. And like that one crisis happened like in fall. And I was still like having a very harsh discussion with him about birth control. Because I was ref like I was struggling with my mental health. So I thought maybe it was my birth control because I was taking hormones at that time, and said I wanted to go off of it. So that was something he didn't like at all, because um, condoms were like the, the bane of his existence. <laughs> One of those, what do you expect at that point? And I was like, yeah, but like, I'm not, I'm not doing well. I, I'm going to do it. It is it's putting like a lot of mental load on me because I struggle with forgetting a lot of stuff. So like taking birth control every day at around the same time was a huge thing that stressed me out because I was five times a day like giving like getting this little adrenaline rush of like, did I take it? Oh my god, I don't know. Did I? And if I didn't, he would complain about it. If I were to meet him afterwards and I forgot to take one of the pills, he would complain about it and like just be genuinely upset. And since I was so wired to 
not make him upset and soothe anything that could make him upset. I was so stressed about it myself because if I didn't, I would upset him. He didn't take it well and I was planning to get an IUD. But I was at a gynecologist and she was like, yeah, but you're not having any, like, you're not having a period. We can't, like, set it in if you're not on your period. So I was not getting my period for, like, half a year. And still at that point, no bleeding at all. So I was like, yeah, but I, and he was, like, pressuring and complaining and was topic every time we talked at all was like yeah when are you getting it and I'm like yeah I I can't my gynecologist said she wouldn't because it would be damaging and he was like yeah but can't you do can't you find another doctor that will do it and uh, really pushy and I was like yeah I I can't I literally can't and he would get upset with it and try to in hindsight probably pull a few triggers that he instilled like in this whole time of like getting me to comply manipulating around stuff i i'd assume and i was reacting to it i was it it worked it worked like a switch it worked perfectly and i was like getting the stress out of the heavy reactions that i would get from those of like shaking and freezing and oh my god i can't i'm like this terrible person and i'm I'm upsetting him so much. He doesn't deserve it. He's always right. But I literally couldn't do anything to stop it. I couldn't do anything to give him what he wanted because I, was, I wasn't I was a medical professional. I'm not going to shove the UTI in myself. What am I going to do? Like, if my doctor doesn't want it to do, I'm standing in the corner. I was then talking to my gynecologist and she was like, yeah, we can do it like under anesthesia. So I was, I was choosing that route. So... During that time, he called me and, like, I just made that appointment for getting that with anesthesia and all. And called me and was like, yeah, I wanna, I want you to meet Leslie. And I'm like, I'm, like, kind of done with him at that point because, like, oh, God, he's going to, he's going to do it again later. He's going to tell me that I'm not fulfilling some kind of duty that I have, I assume. And he didn't doing that phone call. He just talked about oh you're going to get along with her so much she's she's an artist just like you and she's this uh, sweet little thing and she is also pretty attractive and she is that she is this uh, i was like uh, i don't want to meet just another girl that at that point i was really i i wasn't very fair in my thoughts to some of the other women that he picked up because every single one of them would mean more individuals to like more people to move around in the house with that I didn't know but I I was butt naked all the time and they were butt naked all the time and at some point I would have to sleep with them anyway so what is my choice in it so I was like oh god not another one that he picked off the street I remember thinking that and he was like no you're going to love her you're going to love her she's sweet she's an artist you're going to have so much to talk about and I was like I don't want to meet her shortly before his 40th uh, birthday I was visiting them and I fell asleep on the couch because I was so exhausted from not sleeping at night and just like a little like I don't know 10-20 minutes maybe because sometimes it would happen that I would just fall asleep where I sat at that time and then he woke me up and I remember like vaguely hearing someone come upstairs from the front door I was like huh who and then there was Leslie standing and I was like, uh, okay, just like completely still sleepy, still like, uh, and yeah, 
she she didn't I don't think she knew that she would meet me either like it was one of those situations and I was surprised she was surprised and then we just <laughs> it <laughs> he set her down on the couch next to me and sat like down in between us and we started like talking and there there are like you know those people who you exchange a few words with and you just feel like yeah yeah I'm I'm going to stay with you you don't have a choice <laughs> you you and me you you and me <laughs> I love when that happens <laughs> and it we didn't talk for long it was just a few minutes basically before he chimed in and tried to make it sexual between us he liked to watch stuff like that so it was weird but we talked and we were like clicking and i was i was like waking up a little bit and was like oh this is like nice this is nice to have someone you click with and oh nice okay cool you we speak like the same language without any dialect and yeah then he would he uh pushed my my face <laughs> into um <laughs> into her dress yeah that was uh his plan of like initiating and we were just like uh actually actually no <laughs> and yeah he also had this thing that will you will probably know what i'm talking about i don't know if, if like the listeners know but i'm pretty sure you can explain it he would he would grab like the back of my neck and like push his finger on under the base of my skull and like apply apply like a lot of force there when he wanted me to move somewhere he would do that a lot when he tried to keep me in place or move me somewhere when you moved ahead the body will follow also keep me in place when he was kissing me when i didn't want it it was always like to an extent that it wouldn't hurt me anywhere else but moving my head would not be really possible because i it just was very very uncomfortable that was a thing and during that time i'm I was I I didn't understand why I was reacting so aggressive sometimes to his advances. I would see myself getting agitated at him trying to kiss me or trying to touch me or trying to just grope around on my body when he was passing by somewhere in the house. That point no clothes in the in the house also got a little bit loosened. I think it was because Vanda was more comfortable that way and she was struggling so much so it was kind of it went through at that point and it's just I sometimes he would just try to get under my clothes during that time and I remember reacting like really aggressively like snarling at him and being like loud and snarky and just very sharp with choosing voice and uh, words I didn't understand why it was happening I didn't understand it was because he was assaulting me and I was somehow through all of the conditioning and the grooming and the manipulation and the oh no it's always like that and the oh it's just how it's supposed to be somewhere through that it just something knew it was not okay and that was trying to sabotage what was happening and is he doing all of this in front of people yeah he would do it on his like birthday parties a lot when i was 18 at the point i was 18 he would do it in front of people that i didn't know very well we also once went once or twice went to a club that was laid out for bdsm community so he yeah i don't even know the name of the people who saw me get fucked <laughs> that was some of the stuff that happened in there was also pretty heavy it just surrounded by people who are practicing basically the same thing or you think they're practicing the same thing as you and they are all happy with it and you are just not you don't 
like it and you are just wondering what the fuck is wrong with me because everyone else is fine with it and a lot of the stuff i saw there was also it made me sometimes thankful that he wasn't doing it with me <laughs> like doing this kind of stuff with me and sometimes i just i didn't think it was in my control to decide what was happening to me so i was just glad that it didn't happen to me but the scenes uh these people were having were consensual of course but i didn't get that because i thought mine was my situation was just as consensual because he said he told me i would want it he told me what i had to want he told me oh yeah you want to do that now and he he told me how to feel so at that point it was very very hard to allow feelings that were not aligned with that did you have any say in anything really realistically i didn't if i my hair at that point getting back to the hair my hair was so long i was sitting on it and i wasn't allowed to cut it i talked about cutting it a few times and he was very much getting very upset. At that point of the relationship or grooming situation, he didn't even have to tell me what I couldn't do. He would just express slight upsetness about something and I would stop doing it. Also getting piercings, any kind of piercing, even earrings. It He thought earrings were disgusting. So getting piercings was a big no-no. Getting tattoos was eh maybe not it also when you have no control over your own hairstyle it is very hard to do anything else by yourself or assume you could do something else also another rule was that we couldn't when we were sleeping there we couldn't sleep with clothing that led to a few assault scenes that still haunt me today haunt me i i can't sleep in certain positions because of that because just because his mindset was um that sleep is automatic consent and oh my god if my co-host nurse joy was on here right now she'd be losing her mind i can't sleep is consent yeah apparently did didn't you know didn't you know that's like the new big thing but when you can't say no it's obviously consent the jewelry pieces and earrings and the clothing and the hair was one thing but it kind of extended over that the the please don't wear uh, clothing in my bed or when you're sleeping i also wasn't allowed to cover my chest with my arms in the house i couldn't cross my arms or try to cover my uh, my chest when he was trying to touch me so blocking him in any kind of way from touching or fondling <laughs> Or anything just didn't didn't work then there were there was like a kind of rule against it you couldn't do that because that was a big thing was that he didn't want to to beg it was always oh don't don't make me beg don't make me ask 15 times that's like so exhausting and i then felt very bad about it because i was causing him all of the stress i was causing him all of the stress of having to ask 15 16 times before i would finally get worn down enough to give in that's a little bit disgusting <laughs> just it's he also worked with with a favor system so back on the topic of being transactional he sometimes would playfully or it wasn't as playfully as he tried to make it out to be but he would that was something he used with all of us each of us had basically a favor counter he kept track of in 
he said, that were things we somehow, basically a favor was was meant to be a payment for something he did or didn't do. And he kept track of this. He kept track of it. And he cashed them in later for things we he knew we wouldn't want to do in one way or another. So he once asked me to wear a collar and I didn't want to. I remember not wanting to. I remember being very disgusted by the thought of it. That's nothing that counts for all people. I know many people who are in basically BDSM relationships wear colors all the time, even day colors that are like necklaces and stuff. But it wasn't something I would have wanted to do. And so I refused to do that. And he would cash in a favor for it. And I was still like, yeah, but... And I was getting very aggressive again at that. I I didn't understand why. But at that point, I was also getting into a lot of feminism content online. And, well, what those people said made sense, that you can't just refuse to take consent. So I, I decided that I was taking away my consent for that. And he couldn't just work around it. That was my thought about it. And then he tried again and was like yeah but I'm so upset about it you agree to it and at that point I had gotten into what even is consent a definition of it and it was defined that it could be revoked any moment so that didn't match and I was like yeah but that doesn't track what other people are doing why are you trying to do that despite like I said no and he was like yeah but it was promised to me more or less that he's entitled to it because I said yes I never had to wear that color and I am very glad about it that I made it to not do that I think that would have messed with my sense of self I think I think that's all on the rules actually sometime later when we when Leslie and I were closer we were discussing different underwear shapes more or less and I was starting to experience some form of dysphoria about gender so I started to experiment with getting a binder and I wore that at some point even as much as I as the package said I could so frequently taking breaks and all always take your binder breaks people and he just he hated it (laughs) he he hated it. He it was a very big point for him. He he load like he was very upset about not being able to feel us up too much. Leslie started to wear a binder here and there as well. And it just he hated that I was like suddenly flat and more boyish and all of that. Because it's not good for you and it's going to mess up your ribs, which is possible, but sometimes gender dysphoria just messes with your brain more and it's not healthy and your your chest is going to suffer from this and it's not going to be as pretty anymore. And I wouldn't even let him remove it because I was pretty sure he wouldn't have he would have broken it on purpose if he got his hand on it. So it is also pretty sometimes it's pretty hard to to remove a minor. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's why we were. It is sometimes pretty hard to do that. So I didn't want him to accidentally 
suffocate with me with it or break something or strangulate me again accidentally on that point <laughs> so i did it myself but he hated that thing and tried to establish a rule that i couldn't wear it i think that was a thing he also was very transphobic he was a lot he also didn't think non-binary people existed he also a lot of views that were just weird so then that birthday happened 40th birthday i talked about earlier happened and then i was taken by vanda to the basically the psych er and those people looked at me and were like like i talked to a doctor that was handling the er at that moment and he looked at me and he was like are you sure you want to go home like like this i don't think you should i wasn't even i didn't tell anyone about the suicide attempt i knew if i did that i would get restricted and classified as danger to myself and i didn't want to lose like my phone and my all of that that you can't have in like a more protected space in the psych ward so I was very careful with what I was talking about. I also developed a lot of physical symptoms, tic disorder at that moment. Those at some point turned into very heavy verbal tics, full sentences, and it was pretty hefty. And I went back home despite him telling me, hey, maybe it's not a good idea. But I thought I was smarter than that. And he was like, yeah, but you're gonna return tomorrow and you're going to talk to this open hour psychologist that we have there. One that basically takes on anyone who can't get fit anywhere. So this person wasn't there for that reason. And he made me promise to return the next day. So I fought myself out of the bed the next day and went there at like the butt crack of dawn and talked to that woman. And she, she was pretty stressed, I feel like. And like, not as she didn't make me feel very safe, but maybe her blunt kind of words were kind of needed at that point because she was like, yeah, look, I can't do much for you. I can offer you like a spot here and you're going to stay a few weeks or you are going home and you're on your own. I can't really subscribe you any meds that's going to have, you don't have a therapist. You have never seen one before, so I can't do much. You can stay, but that's all. And I was like, yeah, but I fucking can't. Uh, like, I have a cat at home. And she was like, don't you have a girlfriend? Just just ask her. So I just was there and was like, do you think I should? And she was like, yeah, I don't want to. I was like, yeah, but realistically, what is going to happen if I don't? And she was like, yeah, we can't prevent suicides out of this walls. And I'm not sure if, do you plan on finishing your studies? Maybe you should. If you plan on that, you should stay. I was like, oh shit. (laughs) I was still not realizing how bad it even was. So I was like, yeah, okay. And I was sent back to the ER and the doctor that was having the same, he was working the shift after that as well. So he was there again and he recognized me and was like, you're going to go inpatient. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm so proud of you. I'm I'm, I'm really thankful I'm seeing you again. I thought about you after getting off work. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're so sweet. And so I drove home, got my stuff, asked my then girlfriend to watch over my cat and gave her the keys. She lived in my apartment for that time. And because 
I was living alone and she had a roommate that she didn't like very much. So it worked pretty well. And I stayed in patient for two months. It was the lesser of two evils, sadly. The people had a lot to do. I had to monitor my own medication to make sure they didn't give me anything wrong. There was a lot of stuff that just didn't work well. Also because the aftershocks of the corona crisis was still going. So it was overrun and understaffed and like constantly under fear of like a new outbreak because they would have to send people home at that point and some people would just not be able to be released safely so yeah I was not doing well at that time I was really just I was also in heavy denial about having depression. I would, as a random afternoon activity, I would search up basically statistics of how many suicides go by which method and why and how uh, successful was each and would just very methodically decide on a method. Picked my method and was like, yeah, I'm... Well... I guess I don't want to do it here because I'm going to traumatize everyone. That was my main concern. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta wait till I'm home. And then I read that it's so much work. Killing yourself is so much work. <laughs> that state of depression it was. <laughs> so I visited home a few times when I was allowed to do that. The other patients helped a lot more than the therapist at duty during that time. Because you were just having a lot of peer support, more or less 24-7. I didn't even tell my mom about being at a psych ward. I just lied to her and was like, yeah, I'm at the university. That's why it's a little bit louder when we were calling. Um, because we're still, we were still having contact. And so I did that. And at some point I was able to visit home. And my girlfriend and I were, she was there because she was living there at the time. And Ryan visited. And he just crossed a bunch of boundaries with her. Because she said, hey, I don't, like, I'm fine with you guys being in a relationship and all. Like, I don't mind. I'm poly as well. But please don't do it when I'm, like, next room. <laughs> I don't want to be included in that. And he just ignored it. He just basically picked me out of her arm and dragged me into the bedroom. It was the first thing he even thought about. And I just dissociated, like, the whole time. I don't remember that time either. Because I was so apathetic even at that time. Because, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to <laughs> end it all anyway. So I just let it happen and he commented later on that he was like yeah look wasn't that bad right then i was released shortly before christmas 2021 and doing not too much better but at least not actively suicidal anymore and with a whole list of suspected di diagnoses and just coming home with that and being sat there and like yeah what i'm going to do with that now <laughs> i don't have a therapist i can't really find one at the moment. The main issue around here is not being able to pay a therapist, but being even able to find someone who has a free spot. Wow, sounds like there's a serious lacking in your area in Germany for therapy. Um, how long do you typically have to wait? Yeah, you gotta wait half a year minimum. 
in active crisis getting rejected that much when you try to reach therapist after therapist after therapist and after office and office and office and everyone is like yeah i'm sorry we can't do that i'm so sorry we are broke i'm so sorry we don't even treat that why are you calling yeah i tried everyone else <laughs> and i being in active crisis and going through that getting rejected that much it just doesn't work well so you can't even put up this fight that takes it to get help so i didn't and then christmas came around i visited my family my mom and i had a huge fight i went to uh visit ryan and vanda and Susan. And at that point, Leslie was so established in that kind of relationship that she was also there. She had started dating Ryan in summer. And I only learned in like a few months later, still in summer, but much later. And she was pretty much established in that relationship by now, starting to get to know Susan and Wanda and kind of taking a spot there we i spent their whole christmas time and up to new year at their place i even packed my my cat to make that possible and he stayed there as well and that was a big advantage for me because i was able to sleep on the couch because of my cat and he would yell if i didn't if i wasn't close especially at, at night and they didn't want to put up with all of the screaming so he wasn't allowed in the bedroom so the only solution was to move me out of the bedroom so i slept on the couch for all of christmas up to new years which was good in my eyes because oh my god i i can sleep in peace i can sleep with clothes oh my god that was a huge treat for me oh my god i'm so i'm so happy i get to sleep with clothes <laughs> I also started to impulsively pierce my ears during that time. So I was being able to wear any jewelry I wanted at night, which was also a big thing. It was the lawless land, the living room <laughs> next to the Christmas tree. <laughs> a lot of lawless land there, no rules. I was living as a free person. Leslie spent a lot of time with me down on the couch. She, We just connected very well. We were talking about very personal stuff like very quickly she started sleeping like on the couch next to me and it was oh my god i have this person and i think i can trust her so i started to i found myself speaking it was like this weird dissociative thing again i started speaking and i heard myself speak but i didn't feel like this body even belonged to me i was dissociating a lot during that time again so i was speaking and basically complained about Ryan. I was like, oh my god, I'm so annoyed at him, and he pisses in the fucking sink, and that's so disgusting, and he doesn't wash his he doesn't wash his hands, and he he never helps in the kitchen, and he just and he isn't even that good in bed. <laughs> he wasn't good. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't have fun. It was not very fun. It was like I was thinking that's what it was meant to be. I thought it was meant to hurt. It really stuck with me. I also always thought I was kind of broken because I didn't have as a high of a sex drive or like even the attraction felt to people because I'm, I'm pretty much ace. So I don't really feel any sexual attraction to them. I can find them like pretty and all of that but it's nothing about a naked body once makes me go oh yeah that's let me bang that actually 
So I identified as a lesbian for a while. Then I, even despite his presence, because I wasn't really attracted to him, I didn't tell him that because he didn't like to hear it. He prized himself to be the exception. And it was, it also was like this weird fetish thing again of this person is just for me. There is no other men ever going to be involved because they're not attracted to other guys. I'm the exception. That was a big thing. I found myself complaining and complaining and complaining and I couldn't even stop. And Leslie was like agreeing, like agreeing to most of it. And some of it she couldn't speak on because she hasn't been in that relationship for long. But she was like, yeah, I see. I see. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of annoying. And we were talking, we were playing a lot of pen and paper again. Her character got like incorporated into the campaign. And at some point there was a scene where he explicitly let like this, it was like a kind of ship situation, like our characters were on a ship. And he had a lot of captured people from like another ship, pirate-like. And he would describe this very violent mass rape scene on deck and i just booked out i i i got up and left <laughs> i don't know if there are dms out there listening but if a player on your table just gets up and leaves i'm pretty sure most of you would stop or like check on them maybe yeah who came after me to check the other time it was leslie i think so he didn't stop he didn't care if I was, if my character even got to make a decision during that time, or even that he just described violent rape scene without any content warning, without any consent, without very normalizing this, this is what you do. So Leslie and I were very much complaining about that because she was like, yeah, that I don't know why that had to happen. I thought that the scene was set clear and we all knew and whatever. But uh, in the end, Leslie and I connected a lot. We talked about art. We talked about a lot of other stuff, just daily stuff. And it was very nice to have someone to talk about daily stuff without any extreme opinion behind it or misogyny <laughs> or just some kind of very extreme theme behind it. There, well, there was no agenda with her. She was just talking to have a conversation with me. And that kind of attention felt very nice in that house. Was he keeping you guys from talking to each other? Yeah, we went alone. It was, we started a drawing project the next morning. We were all drawing for 10 minutes, she and me, and then we would swap the drawing and the other one would continue the drawing of your drawing. And then after 10 minutes, we swapped again. And we didn't speak during that time. We were just drawing and it was like one of the only activities I got to enjoy in that house that didn't include Ryan. That wasn't for him in any way. The year prior, I was still studying for my biology exam at uni. And he would pick Susan, who was also studying at the same time, from the table hourly. He would want something from me hourly. He would work on his own stuff and make us read over it and comment on it and just really eating a lot of brain space. So you couldn't even focus on your own thing without him being somewhere in the background. And that Christmas, it was like an hour of peace. And it was like seriously heaven. It was a glimpse of what I could have had. Christmas ended, New Year's. Leslie and I and Susan, Susan as well, 
went our own ways and I tried to establish myself back in anything resembling a life after the two months of hospitalization. I still wasn't able to go to uni. I only told my dad that something was up with me. I, uh, yeah, and then I met my current best friend who is, who lives in my city and is like pretty much one of the closest contacts I have still. And he, and I just clicked as much as Leslie and I did. And we started hanging out a lot. We started, we even went on vacation pretty much very soon. I also spent a lot of time with Leslie. I, actual activities that I wasn't used to with anything, anyone from that circle, because it was always happening in their house. So it was nice to do stuff with people you know, and you are friends with, but you're also not in that environment. You are not always under a certain set of rules. I was still struggling, but Leslie and my current best friend and my girlfriend at the time, the one who watched also my cat, they all made it a lot more doable. And my cat, of course, because he demands attention. <laughs> I think without them, I wouldn't have made it till here. If I didn't have the support of those three, I probably not. It was a rough time. Then Ryan and Wanda finally moved into the house they bought. They bought a house together? They bought a house together. They also got married at some point. I think I forgot to mention that. Uh, that was in 2017. And they got married and they wanted me to be like their person of honor. But I was still underage. <laughs> so I couldn't. Yeah. Just to put a little bit of salt into that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I talk about stuff like that. And I just realize, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like sometimes when you go through traumatic things, until you really say it out loud, you don't realize how crazy it actually was. Yeah, they bought a house and they started a prep and I was involved into that as well. But Leslie caught the most of what I caught the previous move. She was basically there daily and working her fucking ass off. And she... Uh, really struggled at that time as well. She told me, and I'm allowed to share that, Leslie and I talked about this before. I talked to her like yesterday and the day before and asked her and she gave me the permission to tell anything connecting to her as long as I don't share any personal identifying information. So I also changed her name. She struggled a lot because the kind of indoctrination with her went a lot quicker than it did with me. She was uh, 20 at the time. And by the time she got into the relationship, I'm pretty much one year older than her. And she just, she was very quick in accepting her fate because she was struggling so much mentally. He went on a walk with her once, she told me. And she asked her what she wanted to do in life. Like where she was seeing her in 10 years. And she was giving like a very vague answer because she didn't have anything to say about it really much. She, she didn't think about it yet. And she asked him back and he was like, yeah, I'm seeing myself in like a big house and every one of my partners has moved in with me. And he was turning our pen and paper campaign at that point into a book. So I had a lot of opinions about this book. I will get to this in a second. But he was like, yeah, and my book that I've written is like this fantasy, the next Lord of the Rings, basically. And like a Netflix show that I'm all directing and whatever. He was, yeah, very into that. And um, 
she thought about that and basically she was like oh yeah that's my fate <laughs> fuck she went oh yeah and at that point she believed she didn't have any other future she thought she was done with her life and she was only 20 she thought this was it she thought she would never have another relationship again she would do finish her studies and because she's also still in uni and just move in with him and yeah that was it so very much without any kind of perspective i think that was a big one that kept us all so long in there that we thought there wouldn't be anything else or anything better leslie developed a small tick disorder as well that grew larger and larger the more stress she was set under and she was very struggling with that because she's that kind of person that at that point was like oh my god i can't show anyone that I'm struggling and that kind of involuntary taking was something that would betray it so she was very ashamed of it she was she didn't like it all at all it put a lot of pressure and stress and a lot of shame on her and during that time my ticks were very hard I would tick like every five minutes it was very exhausting and he watched it happen with me and she was also still sitting at the table. She had told me about knowing ticks herself and I knew about her not being very comfortable with it and he just went, yeah, but you know, I know those are like kind of bad for you, but those are very cute to watch. That was also a big thing, like infantilizing everything that was like related to mental health. Yeah, I guess some of my verbal ticks were funny and I was laughing at them as well. But I was laughing at them because <laughs> they were my tics. He just doesn't get to say, yeah, they, they look cute. They look nice. They look like I got something to protect or something. I think that was a big thing. Mind you, I didn't even tell him about like struggling before. So he didn't really, he didn't get to say that. I'm still, I'm, I'm a little bit pissed about it still. And his, oh, and his, his book was also bad. His writing was awful. <laughs> I was forced to read this book in the making a few times because he was like, yeah, can you give me recommendations what I can do better? So I would do that. I tried to. And he was basically, yeah, I want to publish it sometimes in, uh, sometime in the future. And I was like, yeah, okay. And picking up my professional lenses and was like, yeah, okay, then you gotta follow a few steps because publishing houses have a very strict uh, set of rules that you gotta follow. I had a bit of experience with it because I won a writing scholarship before so I was working with an editor before and learned a lot of stuff from her as so I wasn't an expert but I was trying to basically give him the advice that she gave me and he was so dismissive and like I would criticize a thing like nicely he would call me to read out of it like constantly and he was using my character without even asking i was so upset about it i was so pissed because he would continue to assault her <laughs> like in his writing she was canonically 16 and I was just, he would call me before like my therapy appointment because I was still sometimes in contact with the hospital to get my medication. And he would call me before that and describe assault, <laughs> like specifically connected to like touching someone when they were sleeping. Yeah, what will you do for a sweet, sweet, literally reference? He would, <laughs> he would call me. <laughs> say all of that and just I would go to therapy and basically talk 
to that guy for now and not mention it because he told me to not mention it, those people would say I'm unhealthy for you. And that's not true. We all know that. <laughs> Just as a preface, if if anyone in your life tells you, please don't tell about me in therapy, they might say I'm unhealthy for you. Please run. <laughs> So it was horrible. It was written horribly. And I will not mention any like title or stuff, but you will recognize the book if he ever publishes it. There will be a character being 16, getting assaulted by some lizard people. And please, please just write badly. So have a story for your next week.